Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Welcome to another edition of the recording of the Vitology Podcast. Here we are, Wednesday night. On time. On time. On time. Let it be known. No technology problems. Does this do anything? I've heard people do that. They no, knock on I the don't know. I don't think it does, but please Lord. <laughs> we'll just we'll just say please Lord. That's much better. Um, but here we are. Uh on a Wednesday night, it's 6.45 right now, and uh, we are excited to, to be here we with are. you. We are. And so if you are here, as always, we love it when you uh, when you join in the conversation, uh, when you uh, say something, say hi in the chat, whether you're joining us on YouTube or on Facebook, uh, we, we love that you're here. Let uh, us know. Let yeah. us know you're here. Let us know. And, and this is a great opportunity to ask any question literally anything is on the table we're gonna we're gonna in a few minutes jump back into uh this last week's message which is a great message we'll talk about that in a second um but you can ask questions that are related to that or completely unrelated to that if you would like and then speaking of unrelated speaking of unrelated jonathan duncan and, oh oh what's up with the pink bands gwen says that's an unrelated question and yet how did you notice the bands that we were wearing? <laughs> yes. No, we uh, we we actually both today were uh, in in our gym here at the church, and they were extracting um, some red goo from <laughs> each of us. No, they were, we were giving blood. We we're giving blood, and so we we actually said, "All right, we're going to wear them to um, tell everybody." It's a good idea to give blood. <laughs> yeah, I, and I'm really grateful, Josh, that um, this was our outreach department that yeah. sort of organized the whole month of ways that we can bless our community called Love Esco. And our, we want to be a church that really blesses our church community. And this was one way that we could um, that we could do that. I was talking to the guy that was um, getting me ready to give blood today, just asking him, you know, since COVID started, yeah. what have you guys seen as far as um, people giving blood, needing blood. He said that the need has gone down since COVID because a lot of sur elective surgeries were put on hold, hmm. um, things like that. But the supply has gone way down. Hmm. So they actually do need people to give um, more so than maybe they have in the past. So okay. well, if you can. Gwen, it. thanks for noticing it. But um, until you said that, I thought it was red. And so now I, I just feel much less manly. I'm just kidding. No, real men wear pink, and I'm okay with pink too. I'm just teasing. Um, but I, I had not, I had not known it that it was pink. But then again, I think my wife tells me I'm colorblind, and so I don't know. You tell me in my, my orange shirt that I'm wearing. Oh no, just kidding. I'm not <laughs> yes. that colorblind. Yes. Not that colorblind. Jonathan Duncan says something. Thank you, Jonathan, for uh, that meaningful and insightful comment. And Connie says hello. Hi, Connie. Sister Connie, good as to see you, I'm Connie. Gonna, I'm gonna say, see you there. Good to see you, Irene. Irene, yeah, beat us to the punch. We donated blood. Great to have you on, Irene. Glad you're here. I know, uh, Lisa. Um, have we watched the series Chosen? Okay, this is a question, it is unrelated to this series, and I am sad to say. I have not yet. I've only seen one episode. Have you? Um, judge me if you must. Um, but I, I actually really loved it. Uh, it was just um, it's it's on my sort of queue as the yeah. something that I, I want to watch. But I am only seen one. Just I'm just not. I, I'm just a bad person. I just want to say I have Lisa, not seen it yet. Let us know in the comment thread what you think about it and others. If you've watched it. Give us a thumbs up uh, or a thumbs down if you think we should watch it. Like I said, I yeah. love the first episode that I saw, um, and it's got you know really great reviews everywhere. So um, would love to know what what our um, listeners think also. Yeah, and I feel terrible because I've been it's been recommended to me by too many people, and uh, and so there's probably other people on this that are listening right now who have recommended this to me. Uh, in fact, somebody even um, gave me a DVD of it or let me borrow a dvd um i saw the dvd and i thought what am i going to do with this i i don't know what to do with this anymore <laughs> just kidding. so funny i don't know a way to play a dvd you don't right know, now either <laughs> i i think i still do i think it's actually still plugged in i just we haven't used a dvd player in a very long time but it is on 
some sort of. All right, uh, Mimi's giving it a thumbs program. up. She likes it. Yeah, download the app. Oh yeah, you yep. can. I've heard you can download an app, but yep. it's on you something. It. It's yeah. on the. Is it on Amazon or something like that? I think I've heard. Okay, good, good. Jonathan has not. You. Oh, you have not watched. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, you have not chosen to watch it. He says. Oh, Jonathan. Dude. Jonathan. Jonathan. All right. And little does he know that that fits in pretty well to uh, what we're going to talk about in a little bit. So, Jonathan, you're you're tracking. And uh, but I'm glad to see I'm glad to see you here. Um, OK, we've got lots of comments. This is going to be just a, a podcast of Josh and Ryan reading comments. Ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be a great podcast. And no, we're going to try is. to keep up with you guys. You are all, you're on it. And I'm glad you're joining us today. It is it is fun to be back on on Wednesday night. Now, it is. we're back because neither of our kids have baseball games. Yeah. So and it's because they both won. It's amazing. They they did yes. And so uh, we are we're in our kids are in the middle of playoffs. Next week is an unknown whether it or not is. we'll be here. Well, we won't be here at this time because of first Wednesday prayer. Oh, that's true. It is so, not unknown. So, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, we will not be here Wednesday night, unfortunately. You know, one of these weeks we're going to get two in a row and start building like a consistent audience that uh, always can show up at the same time. We'd love that. Uh, but uh, until then, we're just going to keep doing this when we can. Yeah, and we're, we, we appreciate you flexing with us on that, too. Yeah, that for a lot. sure. For sure. So, um, so we, uh, we don't have a time for next week, but, um, but it is fun. It's fun. You know, baseball is always fun, but it's better when you win. That's fun. Uh, yeah. It, it just is. Fun. It is, you know, yeah. and I, I don't do anything to win. At least you're kind of coaching. Yeah. I keep score. Hey, so I'm keeping score. That's, that's what I do. And, uh, you know, I'm a part of the team though. <laughs> you are. You are. All right. All right. Should we jump in here, Josh? Okay. Rebecca donated too. Way right, to go, on, Rebecca. Awesome. Very awesome. cool. Very cool. Well, um, yes. Let's dive in. So, um, we. Okay, Ryan, you preached a sermon this week out of our series, not so new, not so normal. Um, uh, out of the Book of Acts, yeah. worship is our weapon. Worship cool is concept. our weapon. Really cool concept. I like this. Will I you? Explain a little bit about, uh, give us a, like a. Yeah, I'd love to. Overview. So this is, um, uh, oh wait, my, my buddy Chad you just, just asked, gotta, do I miss the Rockies? Does, I miss the mountains, Chad, the Rocky, the Rocky mountains. mountains. I see. I, I have not thought about the Colorado Rockies baseball team, unless the Padres are beating them. <laughs> Which I, uh, uh, yeah. And I don't know that many people are thinking about them, Chad. Sorry. Right. I think last I checked, I think they were down. Near the bottom. Oh man, they're in. There are they they're last? Just, okay, yeah, I, you know, foregone conclusion. Sorry that's where about they will that. Finish as well. Um, hey, okay, so yeah, we were we're talking about this concept of um, of worship and the way that worship really is a formational discipline for yeah. us as as human beings. And I would just say at the onset that worship isn't a Christian thing. Worship is a human thing. It's mm -hmm. something that we all do. Um, the question isn't whether or not you worship, the question is, what do you worship? Mm -hmm. And what does that worship actually do to your soul? So um, we wanted to sort of, there's a story in Acts chapter 16 that mm -hmm. we taught through uh, where Paul and Silas are on their this missionary journey and they get thrown in jail. Mm -hmm. And it's the lead up to them getting thrown in jail is they're following God, right? So they do all these things that it, it, it God is prompting them to do that the spirit is leading them into. And then they find themselves um, in the inner cell of this um, Roman jail, right? And so um, we wrestled with, I wanted to try to get um, our church body and our listeners to just wrestle with this idea. What happens when you feel like you do what God's asked you to do yeah. and it still ends up going really bad? Yeah. Because I think a lot of um, our subtle narratives are if you, right, if you execute the plan, life's going to be really easy and really good. And God's going to yeah. bless you in the way you want him to yeah. if, if you follow all of his commands. And it's just not that clean cut. Yeah. If I remember, I think and I was just looking, I'm cheating and looking through his notes, but I didn't find it yet. But I believe you said that, uh, um, what do you do when it feels like God didn't? like uh, hold on to his end of the bargain yeah right like because it, it it seems like we we have this um or we pretend as if we have this bargain with god like god 
if I just do this one thing, then God, then you'll bless me. Yeah. You know, if I just pray every day, if I just go to church, if I'm just a good parent, if whatever that is, then God, you will bless right. me in right. some way. Right. Yeah. I call that like the equation God. Mm -hmm. Right. So if yeah. we plug in the right variables, he puts out the right yeah. results. Right. Yeah. So, um, huh. and sometimes we, like, there is, there are parts of the Bible that make it seem like that, right? Raise a mm. child up in the way of the Lord, and when he's older, he shall not depart, right? And it seems like an equation mm -hmm. that works every single time. The only problem is we know times where it doesn't work. Yeah. And um, and so I think we, we need to rethink the way that we read texts like that, that um, are really giving us principles, mm -hmm. and they're giving us um, like truths and realities, but there are times when those don't always work in a one-to-one -one type of way that we want them to. Yeah. As Connie says, um, I think he even blesses us more in the hard times. Yeah. So so here's an instance where, man, they did the right thing and then the hard times happen and we're going to see some blessings. I can remember yeah. the first time as a pastor, somebody was sitting, you know, in my office across the couch from me and they, they said, um, cancer is the best thing that ever happened to me. And I was a younger, young pastor and I was, I was 31 when I became the lead pastor of South and it was shortly thereafter. And at that time in my life, I just didn't have a category for that. You know, like no. that seemed, here's the way it felt. It felt like something trite that Christians say to avoid mm. pain. Mm -hmm. That's the way it felt. Now that's not the reality. Please hear me on like, yeah. I, I I now I can say more experientially that some of those really challenging seasons uh, have actually been some of the best. Yeah. Um, but at the time, it sound it didn't sound it it didn't sound true. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, something like that sounds terrible. And I mean, in this this is this is sort of where um, where you take this take this in this passage, but it can also sound as if god did this yeah for for something to come out of it as if god was making cancer happen and that ah, that that to me just doesn't oh doesn't seem like the type of things that god does right yeah that's fair um so let's talk about that yeah. so, that the word for this in this in the scriptures and in the sort of religious vernacular is sovereignty yes. right and yes. Um, I, I would argue that most, not, not all, but most Jesus followers would say they believe that God is sovereign. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. question is, what do we mean by that? Because that's a really, that's a big concept. Yeah. Okay. And so here's what, what some people mean by that is not only that God is in control of everything, but that God is the cause of everything. Yes. And so... Um, and in a sense, he is the grand puppeteer. We are the marionettes mm -hmm. and there's no decision that we make that he isn't in control of in yeah. some way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, which means there's all sorts of implications. Yeah. That, give us. Some, right. So, yeah. you know, that, um, because like we said, the cancer, then cancer, there you go. Then, then, um, that person's cancer that came to you and said, you know, this is the best thing that happened to me. That, th those words, man, that's, that's powerful. Um, but he's not saying necessarily, and we're not saying, or, or, or sorry, the person who is saying that God is controlling and pulling every lever and, um, uh, that we are as puppets in a sense, they would have to say that God gave that person cancer, Yeah, that God caused this person to die, um, that God caused the, this, you know, meaningless accident that happened, uh, that God caused the pandemic. Yeah. It uh, has killed millions of people. That God right? caused sin. Mm -hmm. That God caused, um, I think of like, like, let's go to the nth degree. Yeah. Uh, the Holocaust. Yeah. For example. Totally. Like to like some views of sovereignty would have God not only allowing that, which I would agree with, but causing it. Yeah. And so um, a, a few passages of scripture that I mm -hmm. would point to. Uh, the one that I brought up, and this is my, like for me and my definition of sovereignty, I think Psalm 115 verse three is a great Psalm to just sort of have in mind. So it says um, that God is in heaven and he does 
all that pleases him. Mm -hmm. Some translations, I think, even say he does whatever he wants to. Yeah. And so I think huh. as a as a as somebody who believes in the scriptures, I believe that that is a one hundred percent true. Mm -hmm. um, but I also, as I read and try to do so in a way that um, honors the scriptures, I, I think there's a way to to define sovereignty where you have no need for it, the devil. Yes. Okay. So, in fact, yeah, it almost <laughs> makes God into the right. Devil. They're one and the same. Exactly. So that that's a question that I would have for somebody that um, believed that God caused everything. It's okay. Well, where where does evil fit in on this? Where how does the devil play into a theology? Because that's a pretty distinct part of a, a biblical theology. Yeah, and and let's let, let's let's go back on that one a little bit because I said something that might sound a little. Um, crazy, right? Because <laughs> there's no room for the devil, you said. Um, and, and the reason for that is because if God is controlling everything, then, then God would even be controlling what the devil does. Sure. And so if God is controlling what the devil does, then isn't God acting as the devil in some sense? Um, and so that's that's the logic there. And I just yeah. want to be clear. I'm not saying that God is devil or anything like that. No. But this is the extreme of some of these positions. And now... Um, we're not saying everybody, there's a lot of people who will take a, a, maybe a stronger view of, of sovereignty, um, in some sense, and they'll nuance it out of this and say that, that there, there's ways of, of talking about that. Um, I'm not terribly sure that it's, um, that it, it, it really makes sense yeah. when they try that. That's, I, I haven't been convinced. So no. Here's what I would say. God is sovereign over all. And mm -hmm. within God's sovereignty, he has created space for human responsibility mm -hmm. and for what we might call free will. So uh, we can choose to sin. Now, that isn't a part of God's will, mm -hmm. which is the reason that Jesus prays your kingdom come, your will be done. Yeah, he He's praying for God's will to be done because uh, God's will isn't always done. Yeah, yeah. It is in heaven, right? Which is precisely why heaven looks different than earth, mm -hmm. right? So if God were sovereign in the, in the same way on earth as he is in heaven, they would look the exact same, right? There would um, be no difference. So, uh, so that, that, that's a reality. But So within God's sovereign, I can do whatever I want. For some reason, one of the things he's wanted is to give people, and I would say, and spiritual beings— Mm -hmm. freedom mm -hmm. yeah and and it is that freedom is is a in, in some sense for god at least a higher priority in his mind than than him being in complete control of everything right right because the as if the, i mean him giving freedom in a sense has kind of self-limited his own his own control in that sense. So one, um, I still remember. Are you turning to the same passage I'm turning to? What passage are you, are you turning to? What's that? Well, I was going to go to Romans 8. 20, 28? 8, 28. Yeah. So good. <laughs> We're at the same. Um, <laughs> we don't even, you guys, it's hard to believe. We don't even plan this. <laughs> we, don't, <laughs> we don't at all. I'm, I'm, I'm here now. Um, the, uh, that was the other passage I was going to go to after you, you mentioned the Psalms passage, but, um, um, I've lost the train of thought. The train, has left the station, ladies and gentlemen. So, okay, but here's Rewind. just because God <laughs> just because God does give a space of, of freedom yes, within yes. his sovereign exactly. covering doesn't mean that he doesn't speak into that, doesn't mean that he doesn't have influence over that, no, none of that. No. In fact, whenever and however he wants to, he does. And and here's the here's the the tricky part. So this is, I still remember a, a professor, this is what I was saying, um, in, in seminary, would say it this way. He'd say that God is completely in control, but God is not controlling. Okay? Mm. Because we know controlling people in our life, That's right? That's a great way of putting it. We, we, I really like that. We know that 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 uh, there are people who can kind of want to get in charge and control. That's not what God is like. He's not, he's, he's not, doesn't want to... <laughs> He clearly has not wanted to do that with us. He's given us free will, but at the same time, he is able to be in control. Now, that is a harder thing to do. I, I, I'd argue it's a higher view of sovereignty, it not is. a lower view. It takes more. <laughs> it takes. Um, I think it takes a, a stronger God mm -hmm. to be able to a wiser 
God, a, um, a more omniscient in a sense, right? More um, knowledgeable, all of those things in order to create a world where he can be in control without controlling. The end. Let's let me give. Let, let me just give. We'll come back to Romans eight yeah, 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 in okay. just a second. But let me give an example it. of that. Um, I think Acts chapter two, when uh, I, I believe it's Peter preaching about the cross, gives a great example of that. Listen to what he says. I think it's verse twenty-three. Let me see here. Yeah, uh, he says this Jesus delivered according to the divine plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified by the hands of lawless men. Mm -hmm. So. Like what Peter's saying is that somehow the crucifixion of Jesus is God's plan, <laughs> but it's human hands. Yes. And they weren't like being uh, the the grand marionettes, right? They weren't being controlled. Yes. But they were released to do what uh, they wanted to do. Yes. Yes. That Yes. God knew that this was going to happen. Yeah. This was in God's plan. Even Jesus knew it was going to happen. And we know that because Jesus prayed, please, God, right. take this away from me. But if it be your will. So God was still able to allow his will to be done. But here's the thing that it, we don't ever see in the scripture. The crucifixion of Jesus being attributed to God. No. So here God's will is done. And yet it was those people there was the religious leaders in conjunction with the, the Roman Empire who killed Jesus. Yeah. The closest we'd probably get um, is what Isaiah 53, the like, Isaiah's prophecy. A prophecy beforehand. He, he said he doesn't say um, it, it. He he says it was your will that he would be crushed yeah. for our iniquities. Yes. So yes. that would be the closest. But yeah. yeah. And. Yeah, but uh, but even that—that's the same. It's the same sense that Jesus is using it. Right. That it doesn't, right. It's his totally. will, um, but uh, it's his will that Jesus would would um, would pay the price yeah. for our sins. I mean, this is really—I was—he'd pay the the penalty before the foundation death. of the world, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and yet, it's it uh, it's never it's never attributed in saying like this is this is God who did this. Yeah. Him. No. In fact, Paul would say, you know, if we try to figure out where God was, you know, and that's like, like to spatially locate him as sort of the, but um, where, where was God on in the cross? And what Paul, yeah. what Paul would write yeah. to the church at Corinth is that God, God is in, in Christ, Christ reconciling the world to himself. And that's a whole nother, like he is in Christ. Yeah. Reconciling the world. Oh, there's also, we could get into yeah, what, where God is in time. All right, so uh, uh, back but, to sovereignty Yes, here. sovereignty, yes, um, come on. So Romans 8.28, this yes. is a great passage that talks about God's sovereignty. Yeah. And I think we sometimes read it wrong. Absolutely, so here's what, 100%. here's what the text says. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. Yeah, all things work together for good. Right. For this, right? So, so wait, wait. No, okay. Now I'll play devil's advocate here, um, or not. Whatever. I'll I'll say that the way that <laughs> the way that uh, we typically read it, I think, yeah, is that so God has done everything because He is working together everything for good. So God's done it all yeah. is what it sounds like. This is saying yeah, that. That's what ha you could read it that way. I think, or you, I, I don't think you'd be right, but. <laughs> I think the way we often read it is everything's good because God's in control. Okay. And yeah. um, what this passage doesn't say is that everything that ha has happened to you is good. Yeah, no. And it doesn't say that everything that has happened to you comes from has come from God. No. What it does say is that God is able to take those things that have come into your life and work good out of them, bring good out of them. Yep. Um, and by his sovereign, gracious, powerful hand. Yes. But there's some things that some folks who are listening have, have walked through, abuse that you've suffered, uh, deaths that you've had to walk through, pain, sorrow. And those things in and of themselves mm -hmm. aren't good. But what God can and promises to bring out of them can be good. Yes. Yes. Good. That's it. Yeah. That's that's Will exactly. Be Will be. As I like how Jonathan Duncan puts it, our God is subtle 
in his sovereignty. Ah, yeah. I've often, I've often neat, said he's creative and subtle. I love that. I like that, Jonathan. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, now, so because good. In fact, in this passage, here's a, this is what I was going to point out. It, it, it actually implies that there will be things that aren't good, that, yes. that God doesn't want. Right. That isn't the way of God. Because you wouldn't but have to work them together. You wouldn't have to. It would just be all is good. Because yes. I'm well, doing we know it. Every good and perfect thing comes from God. That's right. Yes. Right. Yes. So you work this together. And, and so God's doing it. He wouldn't have to say it. But the implication is you're going to find things in life that you're going to go through things. We're going to all experience things that are not good. And the promise isn't that God's going to take that thing and that was bad and that bad thing will all of a sudden be good. But right. out of the out of the ashes, out of the, the sickness, out of the all those things that there will be ways that God in his sovereignty can take and mold us so yeah. that we can, so we can find something good out, out of it so yeah, that produce, new things happen. Yeah. He'll produce fruit. Um, and sometimes the, the difficult uh, things we walk through are the fertilizer. Yeah. Right. That actually creates a soul where, more fruit can be born. Yeah. And and that's where I think that comment that you started with your friend said about cancer. That's one of those things I think you can only say about yourself. Yeah. About something that, oh. that you've gone through. Yeah. And you can know, you know, um, because uh I, you know, I, I can see a lot of I can think of a lot of situations, like terrible, awful situations that um I would never ever say is that was good. Yeah. Um and yet at the same time. I, I know and I believe by faith that God can work even the most terrible things out that something good can come out of uh, can come out of that for the people who are continuing to love to love Jesus through yeah. that. Yeah. And, and so continuing to 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 look to Jesus, even through pain and suffering. Yeah. That good can come of it. Yeah. I, I love Nancy's mm, uh, comment. Nancy, yeah. Nancy, thanks so much for your honesty and. Um, yeah, that, yeah. uh, divorce, not God's will, but through suffering, I grew spiritually. That was good. See, yeah. oh. that's, that's see, yeah, thanks uh, for sharing that. No, that's powerful. That is really powerful. So in the text, we have Paul and Silas in the middle of this jail cell. And I suggested that they had to believe two things about God, at least, mm -hmm. um, in order to praise in the midst of yeah. the jail cell. And one is that God is sovereign. Mm -hmm. And the second is that God is loving. And, and I even wanted to push a little bit further to say it's sometimes in those seasons of, of suffering and sorrow that we start to recognize God's love in an even more intimate way. Ooh. And I actually cut um, a Tim Keller quote. I don't know oh, if I yeah, can yeah. still find it. It was on an earlier version of this, and I, I had to cut it for time, which you know. Yeah, that, here it is. You found it. I did. Right. I did. Um, I mean, you know, the search button is often helpful. So uh, he writes this. Yeah, I do have an earlier apparently. Yeah, so is from um, uh, something about following God through pain and suffering. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh, just a great book. In fact, don't, great book. Um, so I've heard him interviewed recently about that since because he wrote that book before he he has cancer. He has pancreatic, has pancreatic cancer. cancer. Um and the way he talks about that is that that's a uh, that's going to be with him until he he dies is what it sounded oh, like yeah. In, yeah. in in his in his interview. Now, I don't no, know. We pray that be Is that right? Cancer. Is that okay? There you go. So, um but he wrote the book before and oh, yeah. and yeah. he's years ago. It's like he's learning about it now. Yeah. And and he's finding great wisdom there, but I, I, it would be interesting He's if probably he, reading it going, yeah, I'm, I was onto something here. Yeah. But now I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. He said, yeah. yeah. Okay. So that, suffering. Good. Yeah. Suffering helps you assess yourself and see the mercenary nature of your love of love for God. Mercenary nature of your love for God. Wow. Uh, when your most cherished thing is taken from you, you may be tempted to angrily reject him, but then Suffering gives you an opportunity. Instead of giving up on God and moving away from him, you could adjust and focus on him in a way you had never done before. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So I, he's suggesting actually there's an invitation yeah. in the midst of suffering 
and it's hmm. to draw close rather than to push away. Hmm. Yeah. So that, that, I, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Well, I mean, that must be the, the, the invitation that like Peter's talking about. So yeah, the, the considerate joy. Yeah. And that was one of the things I, I, I really wanted to, and I didn't have time to expand on it a whole lot, but I wanted to introduce um, our congregation or at least just challenge them to think through lament as a form of worship where we often, so I'm, I'm not saying you need to be happy about everything um, or that Paul and Silas were necessarily happy that they were in jail, right? But even lament is a form of bringing our brokenness and our pain to God. And I suggested in the message that lament is actually agreeing with God about his pain over the brokenness of his world. Yeah. And so um, that that's a form of worship, though, to say, God, this this is this isn't right. This hurts. This stings. This isn't the way that you designed it. And lament is actually bringing that before God. And it is a form of of worship. Yeah. So, yeah, Todd Hoyt is pointing out a uh, that the translation of that passage often leads to some of, of Romans 8 when we were talking about earlier. Um, often it does lead to some um, problem readings yeah. of it, yeah. right? Um, God causes all things to work together for good is is a translation. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and that that makes it sound like God is the one making this happen to me. Yeah. And so that's, you know, that's why it, that's even in Bible study, it's just, it's useful to, to look around at different, different translations, yeah. not to just pick the one you you like, <laughs> but when you find multiple that agree, uh, if you do, then, uh, then you have some idea there. Yeah. Um, no, that's really good. Now back to, um, Back to what you were just saying. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Uh, oh no, I don't remember what I was. Saying. I don't either. And yet, I think I, was, I had a really good. I I no, I had a really good follow up. Oh, lament. This is us. Lament, lament. lament. Yes, yes. Bravo. Um, lament. Um, I, I love that agreeing with God, because and and that's that's one of the things um, I've been um, counseling a couple people that have been going through some hard things like this, and uh, and and one of the things I've been trying to communicate to this one person is that that um that in order i mean being mad about your situation being sad and bringing that that lament to god mm -hmm. is is actually a way of saying uh that god i'm with you in your in your in your hatred of this this yes. terrible thing yeah that, that god is right there saying yeah i agree so when we when we agree with God that something is evil in this world, mm -hmm. what, what we're saying is, yeah, we're with you, God, in this. Right. Now, taking it to God is, is, the, is the appropriate place to take that because he invites it. <laughs> That's how he's told us to pray, right? Lamentations, a bunch of oh, psalms. Yeah. That's how we see, we see the psalmists yeah. pouring their heart out. Yes. Yeah. And he's encouraged us to do that. Yeah. And so um, what we're saying is, yeah, we agree with you, God. Yeah, and I think there's a way, there's a way to get um, angry, uh, and and to bring it to God. Mm -hmm. There's a way to get angry and push God away. And mm. lament is is oftentimes just a a soul level um, sorrow mm. that instead of pushing God away, we we bring to Him. And I mm -hmm. think that's just that's um, I want to get better at that. Mm. I think my initial response at times is, God, why didn't you come on? I, mm -hmm. knew you, I know you could have. And I don't know that that's necessarily a terrible first gut level response, but like I, I want to keep that dialogue going, yeah. right? That even yeah. that question is, yeah. that's relationship. That's that's part of lament. Yeah. So, and, you know, and here's the thing. I, I uh, You can't, you, I think you've got to, you've got to be, um, you got to be honest with God. If you can't be honest with God, you can't be honest with anybody, right? right? That that being honest with God is is saying what you feel and where you are now. You don't have to stay there, though. Mm -hmm. But those questions of the why God, how long God, um, where are you, God? Those are Bible questions. So, oh yeah, those are those are the ones. Now, in in the Psalms, 
are written for us to as a as a prayer guide. Absolutely. It, well, and I think the irony is you, you you said Josh, you don't you don't have to stay there. I think the irony is that we tend to stay there if we can't name it. That's right. And if we can't bring it. That's and right. if we keep God yeah. out of it in a sense and say, I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna acknowledge that this is here. Yeah. And I'm gonna try to work my way through it and I'll get beyond it. Yeah. And I'm gonna and um I can remember uh, my counselor telling me, Ryan, it's the tears are actually one of the things that help you heal. Ugh. And um, I, that wasn't that something that I wanted to hear, but it was powerful. Oh, I bet. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. The, the one of the pieces of advice I give to people in these situations is to is to actually pray to pray bad. <laughs> yeah, to pray bad. Pray bad. You know, so line. the. Here's the thing. We we often try to, I think, that when people go to prayer, typically as good Christians, you know, those of us who've grown up in the church, yeah. we know what to say. We That's where we use our big words. Go King James on we it. We go King James on, on our prayers. We we just, we try to look good in prayer, but prayer is the, the worst place. If you want a really boring prayer life, then just do that. Just pretend in prayer. But what I think God's inviting us to through the Psalms and through, you know, these prayers that are, there's some terrible prayers. Yeah. There's some people who say some things in prayer that I wouldn't want to ever say in public that I don't recommend people say. There are some awful, awful things mm -hmm. that are said in our book. Okay. So in the Bible. Um, and yet the things, you know, that I think people like that, like David um, had clearly had an amazing prayer life. And I think it starts by just being honest who you are, mm -hmm. um, bringing that to God. And, uh, and so the, the, just a few weeks ago, I told somebody to pray, pray bad. And, nice. and, and they were like, uh, I don't know. I, I can't do that. <laughs> but just came back and, and they said, this has been, this is just, this has changed the way I pray. How cool. And, How and cool. I'm really not feeling quite as bad anymore and the prayers aren't as bad you know yeah, it's like yeah. starts like gut level nasty yeah. <laughs> and that's what i encourage to just let out let god have it because be real with him uh and then see what he does with that mm -hmm. i say anyway and that's ex that that's what paul and silas do we don't know the content of their prayers right we don't know exactly uh, what they were saying, what they were singing. We do know that they prayed. We know that they sang hymns yeah. um, and that they brought their situation before God mixed in with an honoring of who God is mm. and what they knew God uh, is like. And so um, I, I wanted to be really careful not to turn Acts 16 into a prescription, right? So that when you're in jail in the inner cell say this prayer sing this song and certainly there an earthquake will happen and um the doors will fling wide open yeah we all know that life doesn't always work that way the chains will just break right off yeah right but i do think that there's a principle and so what i said on sunday was when we feel beat down when the tears are flowing when life doesn't make sense the way we engage for the battle for our soul is to raise our voice in worship. We fight for freedom by raising our voice in worship. Mm. And I think the, so if I had a question come in um, through Instagram and the, a friend of mine was asking, well, what, what exactly is it that we're fighting for? Hmm. Um, or, or actually, let me just, let me, let me get it right. Here, here's what he asked. Freedom for whom? Okay. And um, hmm. worship is our weapon and essentially asking who is our enemy? Who is our enemy? So that, I think those are both really good questions. So let's, uh, freedom for whom? Freedom for whom? And I would say, and I would invite you to mm -hmm. speak into mm -hmm. this as well, that in the in Paul and Silas, it, what, what's interesting, and I snuck this in there, uh, <laughs> I think it, it was in my notes, and I think I forgot to say it at one of the services, but certainly for Paul and Silas, right? There's a freedom that comes for them. Mm -hmm. But ironically, there's also a freedom that comes for the jailer. Yes. The, and I, I said that the jailer is actually the one in the story 
who is most in chance. Ah, uh, see, right? I love that you said that because that was, I think Monday. Yeah, my devotional. Yes, that was exactly. Uh, I, I said the same thing. I'd, I'd love to. I wish yeah, I could bring pull it up. up. Bring it up. Um, yeah. So I, I think that. Um, and why is that? Why is that? Well, because here's what worship does. Worship aligns us with the reality, mm-hmm. uh, with, with reality, period. When we put Jesus in his rightful place, which is at the center of the universe, yeah. that God is to be exalted and lifted high, Father, Son, and Spirit. When God is in his rightful place and we are in ours, mm then we're aligned to live in the way that we were always designed to live. Hmm. And so worship actually frees us. It's like uh, every time we we genuinely worship, not just through song or prayer, but in the offering of our lives as a daily sacrifice, We it's sort of like um, taking your car in to have the alignment done. Yeah. It's aligning us with the way that God has designed yeah. us to work. Absolutely. And so... Who who does it bring freedom to? Well, anybody it touches, mm-hmm. it has the potential mm-hmm. to bring freedom and release from captivity and um, and joy, even in the midst of sorrow and hope in the midst of des- despair. It's I mean, absolutely, yeah. I think I think that's so true because here here these guys are, um, and they're they're in prison and they're prisoned, which we all know um, unjustly. Yeah, right. This was. They should not have been there. They didn't do anything wrong. They knew that they didn't do anything wrong. And so um, if if you or I were in prison and unjustly like this, that we were thrown in the wrong place, um, I don't know about you, but I would start praying. I'd start praying to be released. Mm-hmm. I'd start praying, God, help me get out of here. Right now, this is the thing. This is what I wrote about in the in the devotional. I... I don't know. I, I don't know if that's the way that they started. I, I'm guessing it might be. Maybe. They, they might have started praying for their release, but I think it's actually worship that actually realigned their prayers, so that by the time they were in about midnight, when the earthquake came, when this super precise earthquake that breaks chains mm-hmm. and doesn't kill anyone, yeah. opens gates and doesn't kill anyone, right? Crazy. If that were to happen, and I was praying for freedom. Wouldn't wouldn't you go free? You'd run. I wouldn't you be like, thank you, Lord. Yes, this is it. You've answered my prayer, God. And so let's take off. We're out of here. And they didn't do that. Yeah, I I think this is just a, um, you know, this is a bit speculation of like, I just think that somewhere in there that that worship what you're talking about realigned their their hearts. It realigned them to what God is doing in the world. And I think they started praying for the real prisoner. Yeah. The, the, the prisoner who um, wasn't them, they were free. Yeah, there's a captivity that's deeper than their yes. imprisonment. Yes. And that was one of the things we wanted to point out during our time and study was that worship shapes us into people of love because it reorients our heart, right? Yeah. That it, we, we should be different. After we yes. come out of a, a time of worship, we should be shaped more mm. into the image of Jesus that, um, you know, there's a, a, a one of the Psalms says that those who worship idols become like them. And and yet those who worship Jesus also become more like him. Yeah. And it's a huh. really Jesus-y thing to do to stay to stay with the jailer. To lead totally. him to faith instead of bolting for the door. Instead of caring for your own freedom, uh, this is this is the way. In fact, it's it is a it's cruciform in nature, isn't yes. it? It's it's exactly what Jesus yes. does. He totally that does. Although he uh, has all the power of God, he empties himself. Doesn't consider yep. equality with God something to be grasped, but humbles himself to be obedient to death, mm-hmm. even death on a cross. Yeah. And so yeah, it is the very thing that Jesus does. Yeah. So here's how I put it: is that the uh, you see the real prisoner, the real prisoner in this story was the jailer. He was a slave to the Roman authorities of his day, authorities who had uh, had other jailers killed for similar situations in yeah. Acts 12. You can read about that. Um, and ultimately, like all people who haven't found their freedom in Christ, he was a slave to his own sin. Um, and so this story is a story of, of, a, 
of the jailer and his household finding freedom. Mm. Yeah. And, and I think somewhere in that night, they realized this story is not just about me. Yes. You know, yeah. that this situation is not just about us finding freedom. This is about us pointing others to freedom. Yeah. And so, yes. so the, there's, I mean, so I, to answer that question a little bit, I mean, I think God wants us to have freedom, but then God wants us to take that freedom and turn it to, to set the captives free. Mm. Preach. <laughs> this is exactly what happens in the Exodus narrative. Right. When hmm. the people, when God's people are freed from captivity in Egypt, they're, they're then given a mandate to be people of love and justice. Like uh -huh. Essentially, you're, you don't just have freedom to enjoy your freedom. Yes. You have freedom in order to be a freedom fighter, right? That you hmm. are advocating on behalf of people who don't have freedom yet, yeah. both spiritually, but also I think of all the ways physically that we can do that in our world. And that's, that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the second question was, uh, and another really great question. Oh, said, um, how would you describe freedom as a biblical category? Yeah. Do you want to tackle that or do you want me to? As a biblical category? Um, well, I mean, I say that we're, I mean, I, I think we're getting at it. We, we sort of touched on no, it, I mean, didn't we? Yeah, that but, alignment with the, the way that God's designed us to live, where we go, this is what it means to be not only created in the image of God, but in relationship with a God who is the author of life. Yes. And and yet, I think that it's helpful almost to say what it's not. Oh, yeah. You Good. know, that the, the freedom is a biblical category. Um the freedom that, that Paul writes about in Galatians 5, right? So um, it is for freedom that, that Christ, Christ has set you, set you free, right? Yeah. So I love that passage. You know, many say that this is the heart of Paul's gospel, mm -hmm. that, right? That this statement here is crucial for Paul. And it's, it is getting back to, uh, you know, getting back to uh, the, um, um, the, you know, Old Testament. All the, the freedom is a big, big part of the Bible. Yeah, it's all throughout. And so, um, but, and it says, um, oh, there's a, okay. It says it quite clearly in Galatians five and I'm blanking exactly where, um, that, that, oh, no, and that, thank you. I know, I know verse one, but, um, but, um, that you should not do what you, what you want. Mm. Okay. Freedom does not mean that okay. you can do whatever you want yeah, is yeah, what I'm getting 14? at. 14. Is it 14? Yeah, I think it's, I think that is. Um, yeah, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you fight and devour one another, oh, nope, sorry. That is not it. But it's close to there. Oh, sorry, 13. 13 there. You're called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. Okay, that's getting at the idea. It gets... There is a more, even more clear passage about not doing what you want somewhere there. And I'll get to that in a second. But, um, but the, the, the idea is that um, that idea that I'm free to do whatever I want is not a biblical concept. Right. That is not what freedom is. Because let's just face it, when people um, use that kind of language, let's just say even, I mean, especially in America, which that that is the kind of freedom that that we often talk about. Yeah. I have freedom to do whatever I want. And I know that because often that kind of freedom is talked about um, freedom to do something typically that's wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, typically like, um, you know, the freedom of, of speech is often used to say something or to print something or to show something that is just, it shouldn't be shown. Mm -hmm. It's not for the right thing. And so um, that's not, that's not a biblical concept there. What do you, I agree. What would you say? Um, let me, uh, I, I think John 8, 31 um, to 32 and then 36 are, are really helpful. This is uh, Jesus speaking to uh, a group of uh, Pharisees and teachers of the law. He said, it says, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word. So uh, yeah. if you, if you follow my teaching it, and in this case, mm -hmm. word probably didn't mean his written word, mm -hmm. but the things that he was teaching, um, which we now have written down. Mm -hmm. um, 
you are truly my disciple. So that's the way you become a disciple. Like you, you yeah. make your home in the teachings of Jesus uh -huh. and you will know the truth. So you will know what you will know the, how God has wired the world to operate. Uh -huh. And he says this, and the truth will set you free. There will be, there will be a realization of what it means to be fully human yeah. as you make your home in yeah. the teachings of Jesus. Uh, I love that. And so, it, and he goes on to say it in verse 36 also, uh, the, who the sun sets free, you're free indeed. Hmm. You're free indeed. Yeah. So right. I think the biblical, like a biblical category for freedom is the ability to live out the design that God has given us as human beings mm -hmm. and to experience the abundant life because we are in alignment with his design. Mm -hmm. And so right. I would say worship is actually at the heart of this, you guys. And think about where it goes wrong. It goes wrong in the very beginning of the Bible when Adam and Eve decide we're going to worship ourselves. Exactly. We're going to take, we're going to, we're going to seek after uh, no, the knowledge of good and evil. So we're going to rely on ourselves mm -hmm. rather than eating from the tree of life. The, the tree that is worship of the one true God. Mm -hmm. And so they turn in on themselves, start worshiping themselves. The whole story goes awry through wrong worship and idolatry. That's and right. I would argue we worship our way into sin and we also worship, worship our, way, our out. way out. Oh, that's so good. That's right. That's totally what it is. It, so. it, we often think that, you know, it's just about doing the right thing or or that's the a very common way to, to look at religion overall. And oftentimes people say the same thing about Christianity as if the big problem was a problem of doing something wrong. Right. Right now. Now that that's a problem. And and, and sin, I'm going to say something crazy. Sin is a problem. It's just not the biggest problem. Well, it's a, yeah, it's a byproduct. It's a byproduct. Yeah. It is the, it is the second big problem. Yeah. The first big problem was a problem of worship. Worship. Yeah. That worship was the first problem and that caused a problem of sin. Now we spend a, a lot of time and, and we should, okay. Sin is a problem. We need to, we need to work on sin, but that's not the main problem. And, and I think what you're getting at, you fix the, fix the, the root cause, which is you fix our worship problem and turn our worship away from ourselves and onto the one who is to be worshiped, right? The one yeah. who is worthy of worship. And that changes everything. It's, this is, I'm reminded of Romans one, Josh, mm -hmm. and um, Paul writes this. Oh, I don't know where to start, but I'll start in 20. He says mm -hmm. for his God, meaning God's invisible attributes, namely his eternal power, his divine nature, They've been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and things that have been made so that we are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him or worship yeah. him as God um, or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their minds and their foolish hearts were darkened. So yep. where does this story for Adam and Eve, I would argue, and for us start to go awry? It's when we don't honor God as God. That's when we right. don't worship him. That's right. Because that that is our lot. We were designed to worship. We will worship something yeah. because we were designed to worship God. Yeah. The question is not whether or not you are worshiping something, the question or someone. The question is whether or not that something or someone you are worshiping is worthy of your worship, mm -hmm. number one, but also is leading you to experience life and life abundant, or is it taking you captive? Yes, yes. And and this, this is what the what Philipp or sorry, Galatians 5 uh, is, is all about that. The difference of those things that, yeah. that we have, we have something inside of us. Um, and, and Paul calls this our flesh, right? And it's not just this stuff, but there's the, there's a, there's a power in us in a sense that is leading us that way. It's leading us back to ourselves in a sense, mm -hmm. right? It's pointing us to us. And this is what makes, what makes us uh, a, a new Testament believer different right. is that we have the spirit. Right. And so here was the passage oh, that I it. was looking for. And, and this is, this sums it up is that um, in verse 16, it says, but I walk, but as I, as I say, walk by the spirit. So walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of, of the flesh for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are, are against the flesh for these are opposed to each other to 
keep you from doing the things you want to do. There you go. We are not supposed to do is. the things we want to do, right? Um, because just like Paul says in Romans 7, he has this, this beautiful, beautiful um, struggle that he that he talks about that is the most relatable passage in all of scripture, I yeah. think, is Romans 7. Um, he says that I the things I want to do, I don't do. The things that I don't want to do, I keep doing. I think he's getting at freedom here. Yeah. That, oh, totally. that, and, and clearly he he's... He's not, um, his freedom would be found in doing what he, um, what he wants to do, which is doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. that, that that's, that freedom is actually the freedom to do what is right. Yes. When you want to do it at the right time for the right reasons. Yeah. Right. Not, not just freedom to pick and choose. I, wanna, I can I do whatever I want. Yeah. Yes. But no. Do you, but does what you want actually lead to life? That's it. Yes. Yeah. Because there's a lot of things that we want that if we go for it, will destroy our lives. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, the last question that I got okay. and then um, was uh, worship. I, I, I ended this by saying, we're summarizing it by saying worship is our weapon. Mm -hmm. And um, against whom uh, is the question that came in. And I would say that there's two things that it's against okay. and then um, uh, a few other thoughts. Okay. Uh, number one would be, I, I would argue that worship is our weapon against the powers of darkness mm -hmm. that are prevalent in our world. It's one of the ways that we are called on to engage uh, the quote unquote spiritual battle that, mm. that is very real. And I tried mm -hmm. to make the point in the message that, um, if you've traveled to places where um, there isn't a strong presence of uh, of Jesus followers there, that there's often a spiritual climate that you can just sense. I don't know if you've ever had Absolutely. that experience. Absolutely. Um, oh, yeah. I've had that experience uh, on a number of different occasions, mm -hmm. but I, I pointed out Las Vegas uh, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, people sort of chuckled, but man, that's one for me. Totally. Like, totally. Uh, I haven't walked down the strip and, you know... Uh, years and years and years, but I can remember being mm -hmm. there going, there's an oppression here. That's very real. Yeah. Something's wrong. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, so that, so there is that for the spirit against the spiritual powers of darkness sort of just out there, but also I'd say worship is our weapon to fight for the health of our souls. Also, yeah. uh, Psalm 92, one says it's good to give thanks and to praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I, I made the point on Sunday that it's not just good, like in general, it's actually good for us. It's a, one of the ways that we engage in the battle to be healthy and whole human beings. Because like I said, worship puts God in his rightful yeah. place and it puts us in ours. And when I remember that I am the creature, not the creator, hmm. that I am a man and I'm not God, mm. then I am more free to be fully human if I'm mm. not trying to play God's part. Mm. Yeah. So, and I think it, trust oh, is a good. key component to, or faith, if you want to use that word, faith is a key component to living the Christian life. Yeah. And worship is one of the things that just fans, mm. fans the flame of faith. Yeah. Us. You know, I, I think that's a, that's a, Oh, that's a great point. Well, I've heard, I've heard people say that you can draw your attention to to only one of three things. So, yeah, uh, you know, there's because there's some, and this was in the context. I remember hearing this in the context of of meditation, actually, hmm. um, because some some uh, Eastern religions will try to get you to to point yourself to nothingness, which you can't really do. Yeah. <laughs> so you're either on yourself. Um, on God, or there's one other power. <laughs> there's the power of evil and of darkness, right? Mm -hmm. Now, part of me thinks that, that 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 worship is fighting both the powers oh. of darkness and the powers of ourselves. Right. The, you the know, powers of darkness that are in here. That are in here, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That are that work together in times. The heart of darkness. The heart of darkness. Oh yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Oh, that's that's really good. I, I think it's a great way to look at it and and what a great what a um simple yet profound um 
practice to yeah. to worship. Yeah. You know, to 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 make a make a switch in our lives at some place and say, how can I how can I how can I take some time and just worship? Maybe it's even in the background at times, mm -hmm. just allowing allowing some worship music to play that just kind of saturate a little yeah. bit more. Uh saturate your mind, saturate your heart, at times just to stop and worship. Um I remember early on, um early on I was learning about this thing called Lent and like mm -hmm. what do you do for Lent? And so I had some big idea that uh that I would I would only listen. This was hard for me in, in like high school. In high school, because you know, this was in the days of Pearl Jam and Vitology yeah. was just coming out, go. right? There so um <laughs> but I remember saying I, I'm not gonna listen to any any music in my car except worship music. And I think even I think I said I'm not gonna do any other music unless it's worship music hmm. for all of Lent one time. And I remember that being profound for me. That was that was challenging at the time. Okay. Now you might think, all right, Josh, you could do better than that. But um, but that that really was that really was powerful. Yeah. And it and it's and it is kind of simple for us to do. Yeah. Draws our attention. And then if we can, if we can enter into that worship mm -hmm. both both through music but more importantly through our lifestyle of worship yeah that changes everything oh it it does i i don't know um if you know for our listeners watchers if that's something that connects with if music is something that connects with your soul but i think that's one of god's wirings for us is that music and lyrics together um would have the ability to break down some of the walls that we put up and yeah. so god in his sovereignty to bring it back um designed us like that and then also it commands us like mm -hmm. worship sing sing a make a joyful noise yeah. to the lord this is a command not a suggestion like mm -hmm. do it this is good it is good to give thanks and to hmm. praise the lord and um, I guess what I would just want to encourage people is that doesn't have to be only on Sundays. Mm. Like you can have, and I hope you do like playlists. Um, I've had times where I made fight song playlists where, gosh, I just needed to be reminded yeah, of something. I like and I would even suggest pick out topics that seem to be strongholds in your life and find songs or passages of scripture that you can just listen to on a walk or on a prayer walk, something, and let that just sink into your soul. Huh. But worship yeah. is one of the weapons that we have at our disposal to fight for the health of our own soul. Yeah. And I, I like how, I think towards the end, you, you also turned it as a, as a, in a sense, an offensive weapon, um, not a, maybe maybe that's even the wrong term but that that it's a it's a weapon of love in a sense yeah. right that that worship is attractive it, that, it is. i mean the the way that the way that the, in the story there's these I just love that there's other prisoners who can not only do paul and silas not leave when the jail is opened but they've spent only maybe a few hours with these two guys <laughs> and these other prisoners they stick around yeah, they just stay because they want to be around Paul and Silas who are worshiping, and so that that's the kind of worship that I love. And I think, at least at the nine a.m. service, you used a funny word called you said hogwash. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if that was just <laughs> that, that was a great. <laughs> I call hogwash. I thought oh, that was funny. Um, <laughs> uh, that <laughs> you called hogwash on that. That it's oh that that worship. It's not a choice between choosing. Um, you know, people outside or blessing people in, in the church. Yeah, seeker-sensitive seeker, versus exactly. discipleship-oriented and all that. And I love that you said that, that, that worship actually uh, can communicate something to both. Yeah. It is a powerful message, not only to for ourselves, but actually to the world that sees that there's something, there's something beyond, there's something bigger, yeah. there's something worth I, I, There's for. every time we come together for worship. There is an invitation to everybody who's there. Jesus follower, mm. sing with us, mm. sing with us. So I, I would argue, and this yeah. isn't original to me. Um, the, the language may be, it may not be. There's an article that Tim Keller wrote probably 15 years ago, mm. um, where he spoke that word into the worship wars. And it was just like crickets after it was like, well, that, 
Yeah, that's that's <laughs> it, Tim. Thank you. Yeah. Um, which Tim Keller's brilliant. So that's great. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. So, you know, let worship be your your weapon. I, uh, you know, if I could, I'm, I'm hearing a weapon that uh, for your own freedom, for the freedom of others as well. Um, the uh, a weapon that that fights against the evil impulses in you, fights against our enemy, but it fights for the the world around us. Amen. I really like that. Yep. Oh Amen. man. Well, it's that's our prayer that uh, that that would be for you, and that in that you would you would find life, and uh, and so we we just absolutely love your involvement. Thank you so much for everybody who is joining in, um, and uh, we're just we're just so thankful that uh, um, that you can be here with us. And uh, so, Ryan, hey, any, any last words? Why don't you no, send us off? Uh, I would encourage you. There might be something that you need to drop a piano right in the middle oh. of. And um, that was sort of from the end of the message. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to it, go you back and to listen, to listen to it. Should I just tell him really quick, John? <laughs> oh, it's so you good, got, you guys. You, you uh, already did, sure. I, man, uh, I stumbled across this illustration a little while back, and I just sort of had it in my back pocket for like, oh, I want to teach on this at some point. But I never knew this, that our government during World War II actually contracted with Steinway & Sons Pianos to have a number of pianos uh, created, yeah. prototyped, that were light enough to drop to our troops who were fighting at war. And so we literally dropped 455 pound pianos to our troops who were fighting in World War II. And they gathered around the pianos, sometimes for worship, other times just for yeah. uh, entertainment. But I'm just, I just had this image in my mind of there's somebody listening. And you need to drop, drop a piano yeah. in the middle of your pain. I love that. And raise your voice in worship and see what God might want to do. So, oh, man. That's so good. How many did, the, did we drop? We dropped uh, 2,500 during World <laughs> War II. <laughs> 2,500, 455-pound pianos. Pianos. Amazing. That's, that's incredible. You know a war has gone too long when... You're you have to drop pianos. pianos. Yeah. You have to figure out ways to drop pianos. But man, we're my goodness. Let's drop pianos. Let's drop pianos. That's a much better <laughs> thing to drop, though. In fact, I'm actually quite glad that that our tax dollars went uh, to dropping yes, pianos yes. instead of bombs. There you go. And so let's drop a let's drop a worship bomb instead of a there real bomb. I like it. I like it. Well, everybody, thanks so much for sticking around. And uh yeah, have a have a blessed, blessed week. We will see you next time. Yep. God bless.